Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from Cat Swamp Road over in Warren County, New Jersey. That is the Hackettstown, Alamoochee area, in case you're looking at a map. And I want to thank you for getting together with me today for the next half hour. And as you know, we meet here every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern with an encore. That means a re-air of the same episode on Sunday at 6 p.m. And that is exclusively on Sirius XM Channel 147 Rural Radio. And the following week after an episode airs, it is listed as a podcast at farmmachinerydigest.com. Just click on the FMD radio tab or also on every major podcast hosting site. And that is meant to be there as a resource for you to go back and listen to it again. All right, just like today, we're going to be talking about the clutch service. So you may not be putting a clutch in this week, but maybe six months from now you are. And the reason why I chose this topic is because so many farm shops, and rightfully so, put off the heavy work until the winter, right? The, uh, the down season, and oftentimes it is a clutch repair and that is a job that you do not want to do twice there's no job on machinery that you want to do twice but specifically a clutch repair because no matter what the application is whether it's a tractor and you have to split it or if it's a a a truck it could be a pickup truck it could be a semi or anything in between is that it's a hard physically hard and burdensome burdensome job to do so it is imperative that you do it once and do it right and that is my thought process my ideology with every repair no matter how simple it is even if it's putting a spark plug in you don't want to do it twice because doing a job twice and we've all had that happen so i'm not i'm i'm not benign to that all right we've all had that happen but doing a job once and doing it right and having it last a long time is akin to a picket fence stand of corn in a field so you don't and uh, if you have a picket fence stand of corn it says a lot for that farmer right for the way he has his plant to set up his seed to soil contact his preparation right and the same thing is when you're working on machinery is that if you have to do it again and sometimes you do that you uh you don't want that to happen but also keep in mind that and don't be too hard on yourself but sometimes you end up redoing something because not because your procedure was incorrect it was because the parts were not what they should be so we're going to discuss that also as far as a clutch service slash repair is concerned it's really not a repair because if a clutch wears out it's a consumable right so it's not a repair it's a replacement or a service just like if you were to change tires on a vehicle you're not going to say you're repairing the tire a repair is when you get a flat but if the tires wore out that is renewing that item so we're going to be renewing a clutch today and that's what we're going to discuss right after this short break and never forget that agriculture runs on machinery but profits on reliability 
Sirius XM is home to the best in podcasts, including the Baseball Barbercast. I'm Jake Mintz. He's Jordan Schusterman. We are Baseball Barbercast, and twice a week, we will be bringing you our take on the world of baseball with some help from a famous friend or two along the way. Baseball is thrilling. Baseball is intricate. Baseball is really weird. And in the right hands, baseball is hilarious. Make sure you check it out. B-A-R-B-Cast. Baseball Barbercast is available now on the SXM app, included with all our trials and popular plans. RFD-TV is the number one most trusted source for market information by America's farmers and ranchers. Well, more than a million birds have been lost after an outbreak of high-path avian influenza. With long-term weather forecasts. This is a danger because we've got a lot of snowpack, especially in that Sierra. And expert analysis of the commodities markets as soon as moves happen. What's going to be driving the market today? Because we did see a softer tone in the overnight. Catch Market Day Report and the Rural Evening News. Weekdays only on RFD TV and Rural Radio. Stay informed with the latest news of agriculture with American Ag Today every weekday morning on Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, and I want to invite you to join the conversation as we talk the latest news, market information, ag technology, innovation, weather, and more on American Ag Today. That's every weekday at 6.52 Eastern on Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM. The Rural Evening News, the only primetime newscast that matters to rural America. That report is out. Caught me by surprise. Grain and livestock markets kind of going all over the place. The weather outlook for the coming days. This system is really picking up some steam. And Western sports. An incredible ride you will have to see to believe. In one jam-packed half hour. The Rural Evening News, weeknights at 7.30 Eastern. On Rural Radio, Channel 147, the Agribusiness and Western Lifestyle Channel. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio, and we're going to be discussing renewing a clutch. And I do want to put a caveat on this before I begin, is there's so many different applications that I'm going to speak in generic terms, and then you could take this and apply it to the clutch job that you are doing. Because if you're doing a a clutch in a pickup truck versus a sprayer versus a cum, well, they don't don't really have a clutch because they have a hydrostatic transmission, but, but or a semi- it's going to be a little bit different. It's going to be the same, but different. <clears throat> so the first thing that I wanted this, I want to bring up to you is that for a clutch job to be efficient and turn out beautifully is, is going to start it with the disassembly of everything. So we need to begin there. Now, the first thing that I suggest that you do is that if the vehicle has a drive shaft, you need to take a paint pen and you need to mark the position of the drive shaft on the back of the transmission at the yoke there, and then the position of the drive shaft onto the rear, the differential, the yoke, the spline, what have you. So you're gonna end up having three or four marks on that drive shaft. And he said to me, why are you doing that? Well, you're doing that so that you put the drive shaft back in the same location. Now, I know somebody's rolling their eyes right now, and it says it doesn't make a difference. So my attitude to you is if it doesn't make a difference, let's put it back in the same spot. 
for the simple reason being is lots of times the drive shafts are balanced specifically if it's the first jo- clutch job that was done and if somebody else did it the other way and then do it properly and mark everything so you want to mark everything and it takes no more effort it takes about 30 seconds with a paint pen to mark everything and then it takes no more effort to put it back in the same location and then you're not chasing a potential vibration issue or anything else after that all right so please please mark everything that's the sign of a good mechanic all right the next thing what you're going to do is i want you to inspect the trans mount every transmission has some kind of trans mount And if the clutch is worn, there's a very good possibility that the trans mount has degraded and is worn also, even though it's not moving, it is moving through vibration. And if the engine had any oil leaks, then what would happen is that that trans mount would deteriorate. If the trans mount is in question, replace it. All right, so when you go to town to buy your parts, get a trans mount for it. And you say, what does that have to do with it? Well, it has to do with everything because even though the transmission, the bell housing is doweled on to the back of the engine, the trans mount is designed to take up harmonics and also to support the rear of that trans. So the angle will be slightly different. Plus, it'll be put, it will, it'll take, it will not be able to absorb the harmonics. So look at that trans mount. We didn't even do anything with the clutch yet, right? We didn't even get there. <clears throat> when you do pull the transmission out and the bell housing, is that inspect the dowel pins that are in the block. I haven't seen a transmission that doesn't have dowel pins. And remember, the dowel pins are there for two reasons. Number one, they're to help you when you put on to hang the unit. But more importantly, it's meant to locate to find the center of the, the the transmission and the crankshaft. So if those dowel pins are very worn, they're boogered up, they're, they're starting to, uh, you know, farm equipment and trucks and stuff, they, they get rust and deterioration and things happen to, 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 to uh, different aspects of them because of the dampness, the humidity they're in, their environment they're in. So look at those dowel pins. If they look fine, they're not, they're not deteriorated, they're not pockmarked or anything, then we'll just clean them up with some Scotch-Brite. We could leave them in the back of the engine block. You don't need to pull them out. And for some reason, if you de- need to pull them out, then you can, you're going to have to use a dowel pin remover if you want to reuse them. Otherwise, you're going to booger them up terrible, and they're not going to be any good. But remember, the dowel, and these are the little finesse items that a lot of people miss when doing a clutch job. So it's just like a high-yield farmer. He makes love to the seed. He makes love to the field. All right, then he gets the high yield. All right, so the same thing is when doing mechanical stuff. You've got to make love to it. You've got to look at everything. You've got to inspect it. You've got to lubricate things. All right, so we so we so we did that. We went through that. Now we have everything apart, and we're going to discuss the flywheel. A biggest mistake that people make is that they do not have the flywheel checked and turned. The par- the surface of the flywheel to the clutch disc and the pressure plate needs to be parallel. And the fact of the matter is, if a clutch is worn, then that flywheel is going to have a certain amount of runout in it, just like a brake rotor, because it's going to, or a brake drum, it's going to get hot, all right? And so it's going to have a certain amount of runout, and if the clutch has some hot, hard 
let me put my tongue back in my mouth. If the clutch was slipping or slipped, it would create hot spots, which then become hard spots on the flywheel. The heat changes the metallurgy. So what you're going to need to do is you're going to need to bring this uh, flywheel to town and you're going to have to have it turned and inspected. So before you do that, though, we're going to get back to marking things. What you're going to do is that you're going to mark the fly. If some flywheels have a dowel position onto the crank, then it's not essential that you mark it. If it does not have a dowel position on the onto the crank, then I suggest that you mark the flywheel right where the bolts are onto the back of the crank with the paint pen. And then again, it comes it comes down to balance. And you know, so many people argue with me over this. Yeah, it takes, like I say, I'm repeating it like with the drive shit. It takes one second to mark with a paint pen and you put it back in the same location because the flywheel, if it's being turned, it's not going to, that's not going to be turned in the area where the paint mark is. All right, so now another obstacle that people have is they say, well, there's nobody that turns flywheels. And when you go to the parts house, they want to sell you a new flywheel. And I'm not 100% against that, but just keep in mind that historically in most applications, if you had an OE, original equipment flywheel, and you're putting an aftermarket flywheel on it, that the metallurgy is probably going to be slightly different. You're not going to be able to see that with your eye, right? The metallurgy is going to be different. The balance may be different, but if your flywheel is toast, forget about it, then you're going to have to change and put a new flywheel on it. Ideally, specifically with farm equipment, you want to go to the dealer and you want to pay the premium. I know you you say, I don't want to pay too much money, right? You want to pay the premium and get an OE flywheel, but you want to make sure it's an OE original equipment flywheel. That And the same thing is if you use a pickup truck or a semi or what have you. Because sadly, uh, a lot of parts departments and dealers, specifically with older stuff, they source, you go there and you pay top dollar for it, and they're sourcing it from an auto parts store supplier. All right, so you want to, so if you, so whatever it is, it should, it should be an OE flywheel for that model, and then you know that it's going to be made to the highest standard. If you have to go with an aftermarket flywheel, and lots of times you have no choice, you have to do that, then I would suggest to buy the highest quality brand, a brand name flywheel that you are familiar with and also ask the parts guy at the counter which one he would use in his application now sadly again a lot of people don't know what they're talking about so sift through that do with it what you want but you're going to have to have that flywheel turn now also this is really going to raise your eyebrows Right, but remember, we're, we're doing a high-yield clutch job here. We're like a high-yield farmer, we're not leaving any stone unturned. If you do go with a new flywheel, all right, and this is what the, this is really what the challenge is. I'm not going to deny it, it isn't. That it is best for you to have that flywheel checked and turned. And you're saying, what are you, crazy hot rod? Well, the fact of the matter is a flywheel, just like a brake rotor or a drum, any type of friction surface that has to work up against a friction material, and specifically a flywheel is very heavy, and they're oftentimes handled roughly, 
from the time they were at the factory to the time they're being transported to the time they were in the parts house, the dealership, what have you. They pick it heavy, boom, and the guy drops. I'm not saying he drops it from four feet, but he drops it the last three or four inches or five inches so his fingers don't get hurt, right? And believe it or not, that will warp the flywheel. So the most important thing, remember, the whole idea is we don't want to do this job twice. And we want to put this clutch in and we want it to work beautifully, smoothly, no harmonics or anything. So this is the obstacle that you're at. It's going to be imperative for you to find a shop that also turns the flywheels and is good at it. <clears throat> How do you know? Well, that's yeah, I, I that's a that's a sixty-four thousand dollar question. You ready? But the, because if you buy, if you're going to reuse your old flywheel, it's going to have to be turned. And if you buy a new one, it's going to have to be turned. And if you can, t- if any, if you tell anybody that, they're going to think you're nuts. But trust me, all right, that's what needs to be done. I would not put a clutch, a new flywheel, in without putting it and having it checked. And you have to have a good flywheel man doing that because you want him just to cut the heck out of it. <laughs> grind the heck out of it you want him to just kiss it to make sure that it, to make sure that it is parallel very 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 important all right so we have that <clears throat> the next thing while you're in town the bolts that hold the flywheel to the crankshaft and the bolts that hold the clutch assembly onto the flywheel need to be replaced a lot of newer equipment the past 20 years or so uses what's called torque to yield bolts they'll have a narrow shank between the head and the thread and they are also need to be tightened to a torque and then a certain amount of rotational degrees so you have to be familiar with what this particular piece of equipment wants as service procedures in and you, you can't just go in there and and uh and think oh here's a bolt and tighten it up like you tighten a lug nut all right so the fact of the matter is and even if it is not torque to yield though all of the <clears throat> torque that that engine produces whether regardless of what it's in is going to be held by those bolts the flywheel onto the crankshaft and then the and the clutch assembly onto the flywheel. So those bolts go through a lot of stress and a lot of thermal cycles, and you have to buy the right bolts. You can't, you're not going to Home Depot or to track the supply and going in a bin and buying a bolt. So you have to buy the bolt. So you're going to sort. So that's why to do a clutch job properly, the piece of equipment or vehicle is going to be laid up for a certain amount of time i mean uh unless you have a, a good flywheel t- a machine shop that turns it right away and what have you so you're going to have to source all of this and you're going to want to buy the oe bolts or lots of better companies even if you buy an aftermarket clutch kit brand that they'll they'll have it in the kit form and they'll give you the bolts and they'll give you everything that you need and lots of times those bolts will come from the factory with a little bit of Loctite on them, all right? But you don't want to reuse the bolts. But the next thing is that if while you have the clutch out, the flywheel off, right, if the engine has a, if my contention is that if the engine, if the fly, if the flywheel is worn, the clutch, well, if the clutch is worn, the flywheel is, is warped, at least warped, all right? And then at that particular point, unless you were brutal on the clutch or somebody didn't know how to drive this thing, is that if the engine has a one-piece rear main seal, which most engines do the past 25 or 30 years, 
now is the time to put a new rear main seal in it. It's absolutely nothing to do. All right, it's a lip seal, like a front seal, like the like the seal in the back of a uh, brake drum or brake rotor. Is that the flywheel's off? The seal is right there. There may be a cap that you take off, not a not a not a bearing cap from the uh, retainer from the back, and put a new rear main seal in because you don't want to put this back together and then in three months or six months have it leak. Nothing that you did wrong. All right, but the rear main seal is tired. But most importantly, you're going to have to lubricate that seal, and you're going to have to lubricate the crank so when that seal, when that engine starts, it doesn't start with a dry seal there alrighty so that's very 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 important and like I say you know it's a couple of dollars but you put this baby back together and she's gonna run for a long time all right next thing is that if it's a if it's a, a traditional throwout bearing and it has a fork you're gonna buy a new throwout bearing and a new fork the fork the fork wears on the pivot point the fork itself that's why it's called the fork as the pressure of the throwout bearing goes on it starts to tweak you may not see that but there's wear points and you don't want to put it together with the throwout bearing and the fork is considered a consumable all right and if it is a high let's say like in a pickup truck and it's a hydraulic release bearing then what you're going to need to do is buy a new one of those they do not use a fork because the hydraulic pressure is what moves the bearing against the clutch assembly and you may also want to consider like in a pickup truck putting a new clutch master cylinder and they're only about 50 or 60 dollars so the whole thing is new hydraulically and that is uh, right at that particular point and then when we come back from this short break we're going to finish up with this clutch job This Urban Ag Report is brought to you by FMOWheels.com, the digital CSA for urban communities supporting urban farmers everywhere. Agriculture requires energy as an important input to production. Fuel or electricity is needed for machinery and equipment to heat or cool buildings, lighting on the farm, and indirectly in the fertilizers and chemicals produced off the farm. Crop operations consume much more energy than livestock operations, and energy expenditures for crops account for a higher percentage of farm operating costs. Direct energy consumption includes the use of diesel, electricity, propane, natural gas, and renewable fuels for activities on the farm. Solar energy can be used in agriculture in a number of ways, too. Solar energy can cut a farm's electricity and heating bills. Solar heat collectors can be used to dry crops and warm homes, livestock buildings, and greenhouses. This has been the Urban Ag Report on Rural Radio Sirius XM Channel 147. Follow us at urbanagreport.com. Monday, January 30th on Rural America Live. Come be a part of the live studio audience in our Fort Worth, Texas studio as we talk to Mark and Ron Stock from Big Iron about the exciting future of the auction industry, growing with Sullivan Auctioneers, and why Big Iron is the trusted choice for equipment, real estate, livestock, construction, and transportation auctions. On Rural America Live, that's Monday, January 30th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central on RFD-TV. 
Tune in for Commodity Wrap each weekday morning at 8.30 Eastern, 7.30 Central, and every evening at 5.30 Eastern, 4.30 Central. I'm Marlon Bowling, bringing you the latest market details and talking with a variety of market experts on location at the CME Group. From grains to livestock and everywhere in between, your rural radio team will keep you informed of the latest developments the minute they happen. We're gathering the news and insights you need to stay ahead of the curve and protect your bottom line. It's Commodity Wrap on Rural Radio, Sirius XM Channel 147, your market authority. All right, welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. We're going to have no meet me in the farm shop today because i got to finish some stuff here with this clutch job with you. All right, so we have all of that. The uh, important thing to do now is you need to lubricate all of the pivot points. So if you're using a fork, there's usually some sort of ball that the fork goes on and would have you application-specific. I like to use a high-temperature silicon grease. You want to lubricate where that fork is going to move any part point of action on that all right the next thing is do you're going to lubricate and i you there's special greases for this uh you, a lot of people use anti-seize compound you want to lubricate the shaft the on the area on the input shaft where either the throw out bearing or the release bearing usually they call a hydraulic a release bearing and they call the other one a throw out bearing or whatever it makes no difference the same thing where the bearing is going to ride no matter how it's activated you want to basically lubricate that and like i said you could use an anti-seize compound but it has to be a high temperature product and you want that to move and to slide very very easily on that on that input shaft that's usually a collar on there where it is going to ride and then the shaft is stepped down and then it's splined now his now there's a special grease for the spline as on the transmission on the input shaft where it's going to go into the clutch and you don't have to buy a a A five pound can of this usually better implement dealers and on auto parts stores whatever the application is sells a little package of this grease that's specifically designed for the spline now you'll keep in mind is that we have a you know we're in a high-tech world and there's a lot of chemistry just like with agriculture that they have special greases so if you're not going to use the special grease then use whatever you have but you want to make sure that it's going to be able to not melt and get onto the clutch Alrighty, so you want to lubricate the spline and then what you're going to do is you're going to use the proper tool all right the sixty-four thousand dollar question again the proper tool to perfectly align the clutch disc and the pressure plate Uh, if you have the proper tool if you don't have one you could usually borrow one from the tractor dealer or the auto parts store or what have you and that the alignment tool is going to be very very uh, it's not that you can't get away with it but it's it's just so it makes it so easy you put it in there everything is loose and then you 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 uh, find the alignment you tighten it up now keep in mind that when you tighten the bolts to the flywheel to the crank and tighten the bolts that you're going to torque these not and, and that doesn't mean torque using an impact gun that means torque torque to a torque spec Alrighty, so you're going to do that, and then you're going to lubricate the dowel pins. You can put a little bit of anti-seize compound on the dowel pins. You want to do that so when it, with the bell housing goes up in there, you want to also clean all the bolts for whatever drive shaft, uh, transmission to bell housing, what have you. 
and you put some anti-seize compound on them. So if you ever have to, God forbid, take it apart again, that gonna, you're not going to go all the threads and they're not going to get stuck in there and bust off. And if it's a hydraulic clutch, you're going to want to bleed the clutch because you have this new throwout bearing. And lots and, and on my Ford Ranger, I put a new uh, <clears throat> throwout bearing in it, a new hydraulic master cylinder, but I did not change the clutch because the clutch was fine. I had a hydraulic failure. And the factory... The factory uh, well, release bearing, they call it, came order, came bled already. So keep that in mind that you have to bleed that. And then one, now this is all back together. You're going to put the drive shaft back in, in the proper location. You're going to do this. And it's going to be imperative that you take this piece of equipment and you drive it and you use it. And you want to use it, meaning you want a number of clutch cycles. Because if you don't have these clutch cycles, what is going to happen is that it's going to rust together if it sits and doesn't go anywhere. So I want to thank you so much for tuning in. And I want you to know that the Hot Rod Farmer is pulling for you, the American farmer and rancher in my beloved America. And if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me at Hot Rod Farmer at FarmMachineryDigest.com. Take care and be safe. Bye-bye. How can you make your corn crop more successful? I'm Darren Hefty. Thursday, February 9th, we're going to answer that question at a free Ag PhD corn agronomy workshop at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. We'll talk about water management, fertility needs, finding success in cold soils, and we'll discuss how to protect your corn crop from weeds, insects, and diseases that can rob your yield potential. There's a great opportunity to make profit in your corn crop this year. Don't miss the free Ag PhD Corn Agronomy Workshop. Register now at agphd.com. Rural Radio is the first and only national radio channel serving rural Americans on Sirius XM. Nowhere else on radio can you catch Western sports every single day, making Rural Radio the undisputed leader for Western sports coverage. Between our coverage and downloading the Cowboy Channel Plus app, you'll have access to any major Western sports news and events 24-7. Rural Radio Channel 147, the agribusiness and Western lifestyle channel. American farmers and ranchers know that weather can have a big influence on the markets. That's why our weather team at RFD-TV is committed to bringing you accurate agricultural-based forecasts that affects our lands and livestock from coast to coast. You named RFD-TV the most accurate and trusted source for commodities information as it happens, and we can help you prepare ahead for major storms and weather-related events. Join us every morning on the Market Day Report, weekdays starting at 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 Central, right here on RFD-TV. I'm Chip Flory, and every weekday on AgriTalk, we tackle the day's news with a panel of experts and lawmakers at the forefront of the issues, and we connect you with the information that you need. If it's related to ag, we're talking about it on AgriTalk, weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central on Rural Radio 147 and on the SiriusXM app. Hey, this is the Exhibition Shooters, the The Gould Gould Brothers. Brothers. And thanks for listening to Rural Radio Channel 147 on SiriusXM.